Good morning, sire. Good morning, Zazu. Checking in for the morning report. Fire away. Chimps are going ape, giraffes remain above it all. The elephants remember, though just what I can't recall. Crocodiles are snapping up fresh offers from the banks. Showed interest in my nesting, but I quickly said no thanks. We haven't paid the hornbills, and the vultures have a hunch. Not everyone invited will be coming back for lunch. This is the morning report. Gives you the long and the short. Every grunt, roar, and snort. Not a tail I distort. On the morning report. This is 8-Bit, episode 96. Peter would love this. On Saturday, November 22nd, 2014. And now, Cookie Man say nope. This episode is hosted by Ian Buck and Ian Decker. Right, but like, what about the video games? Oh, golly. I, I can't come up with lyrics that fast, my brain. <laughs> Well, I suppose that the game that you've been playing does have its fair share of wildlife and elephants and tigers and things. Whatever. And actually a fair amount of uh, puns and references, too. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, well, at least a couple different ones. Um, but I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that, that later might be later in the show, or it might be next week. We'll, we'll decide in a little bit, because I'm... <laughs> figure things out as we go, as always. As always. I mean, I'm 22 hours into the game, so you'd think that I'd have at least a fairly good idea of what's going on and the things that are different and whatnot. Um, but uh, that being said, I'm also only halfway through the game. Yeah, that's that's just crazy. That why, how do they make games so long? I don't understand. Well, keep in mind, I picked this one to do first because, to our knowledge, it's going to be the shorter of the two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and from... Yeah, so so if, if you are roughly halfway done, then yes, it is still by far the shorter of the two. <laughs> the two, of course, being Far Cry 4 and Dragon Age Inquisition. Yeah. I mean, like, what I'm doing right now is I'm, I have about half the map cleared in terms of... Um, Radio towers, which give you vision, and outposts liberated, and fortresses liberated, um, which are good to have liberated because then you can have fast travel to all those places. That is always a plus, and unless you you're doing all- like a, a weird, weird Skyrim playthrough where you walk everywhere and never fast travel, like a crazy person. I mean, I fast travel in Skyrim too. I'm a cheater. Yeah, but but I mean, like there are people who who try to do ultra realistic <laughs> playthroughs. I don't yeah. know why. Yeah. Nothing <laughs> better to do with their time, apparently. Pretty much. Yeah. All right, but we will... <clears throat> excuse me. We will um, talk about that later when I do the review. Yes, of course. I'm deciding that now. I'm going to do it. Awesome. So we got... Actually, I don't think we really had any listener feedback this week, uh, but if there had been, possibly they could have been uh, guessing on what the song was that Ryan picked for the end of the show, and that song turned out to be Amateur Cartography from the album Cities of Cedar, and the reason that it applied to our show is because it appears in a trailer for Monument Valley. Hmm. So, once you once you get to the end of the show, you know, listen to the, uh, the song and try and figure out what it is, and this one I actually managed to figure out by letting my phone listen to it, and it was like, oh, I know what that song is. So, go and Shazam, or Whatever you want to do. So let's get on with uh, some of this video game news. If you want to see any of the headlines that we're about to talk about, go to thenexus.tv slash eb96. That is where all of our show notes reside, as always. Let's get down to business to talk about the headlines. <laughs> that is totally the right number of syllables. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I made it fit. Sure. That's, that's what he said. Alright, so another Far Cry game means that we get another adventure on Goat Island from Robaz. Uh, This, I mean, personally, I love whatever he does a video of Goat Island because that was what originally got me interested in his channel on YouTube. So it's it kind of has you know special significance to me, and I quite enjoyed it. So I I suggest going and watching it. It's pretty good. Oh boy. And if you if you haven't watched his original um, Escape from Goat Island, go watch that one first because gosh, <laughs> you just can't beat the original. 
boy. That looks so silly, but in a fantastic way. Oh. Well, let's see. Oh, that's right. Another thing to look forward to. And we give you the link to the video for it, but know that you won't be able to read it. Unless you know Korean. <laughs> um, so there's another open world R- or MMORPG that's coming out um, called Lost Ark. Um, it's it's a Korean one. It's it's I think its main selling point is that it's supposed to be really pretty right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they um, they spent a good like two minutes at the beginning of the trailer just looking at like floating islands and these big like you know manta rays that fly through the air and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh wait, no, sorry, no, it's an ARPG, so it's like um, uh, Diablo in a way, but there there is co-op. You can go through, pick one of the different classes. Um, what does the A in ARPG stand for? American, I believe. Oh, that's a... There's ARPG and JRPG. American RPGs and Japanese RPGs. That's a weird category because, like, nobody calls, you know, Mass Effect an ARPG. Okay, here. I'll look it up. I thought that's what it is. Oh, action. I'm wrong. Action. Action role-playing game. Sorry, I'm a dummy. There you go. I And, yeah, I, I definitely agree. It looked like a very, very, very pretty game which made me a little bit disappointed that they have, like, an isometric view of the game because then I can't just look around and see all of the cool things that are obviously around us in this world, you know? Like, they, but they, artistic choices. They, they lit, well, but they, like, they have a few shots of you seeing, like, cool things off in the distance, but those shots are completely controlled by, you know, the, the, the camera of the game. You can't ever, like, look around and just see cool things. I don't know. By the way, it looks pretty, and it looks like Diablo, but even more ridiculous, and mm-hmm. I don't know, and, and it's co-op, so, hey, Buck, we should get this when it comes out and play together. <laughs> sure thing. Another game to plow through together. You and me, and me and you. I don't remember the rest of the lyrics. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> so, Telltale, they are, have released their first trailer for Game of Thrones, exciting, exciting, as well as announcing uh, that some of the actors from the HBO show are performing their parts in the game. So, before anybody asks, yes, of course, Peter Dinklage is playing Tyrion. And then they also kind of revealed the 13 major characters of the series. You know, these are characters that have not appeared in the books or in the TV show. And the way that they released these guys is, the the information about these people, is kind of the same way that um, Weird Al Yankovic did his... um, music videos back in, during the summer. They, they, so they, they sent out, you know, one of these characters to a bunch of different publications. So you have to, like, go to 13 different websites to find all of the information about them. <laughs> but, but at the same time, they kind of maximized the amount of people who would see this information because, yeah. you know, different readerships of different publications. Yeah, interesting. That's a really interesting way of doing things. So thank God for library sharing. Library sharing? Or oh, like Steam home sharing. Sure, because that way only one of us has to <laughs> buy the game. Oh, see, I thought you were using it as a, a, se- as a, segue? a segue into whatever is next. Oh well, I mean, you don't have this next thing um, without home sharing either. Mm-mm. Um, <laughs> so you know that we like th- doing things on this show. And giggles. Of course. And we are not the only ones who like doing things for the sake of poops and giggles. No. It'd be a sad yeah. world if we were. Exactly. And so the guys who are Coffee Stain Studios, the guys who did Goat Simulator, have come up with a free DLC for the game. Um, and it is an MMO simulator. Now let me read you some of the stuff that they've got. On the, it's, so they, they have a feature list on the the community website on the announcements page. So, five different classes. Warrior, Rogue, Magician, Hunter, and Microwave. Complete dozens of quests. Level up a hundred times and play five different classes. That's a ton of content. Er, sorry, complete dozens of quests. Level up a hundred times and play five different classes. That's a ton of content. You do the math. We all went to high school. Well, I didn't. I was too busy huffing paint behind the cafeteria. That is all one sentence. <laughs> Level cap is 101. One level higher than you know what. Probably not tons of content, though. Don't hate, be cool. Stay a while and listen to Dumbledore the Grey in Twistrum. 
<laughs> These guys, oh my god. Faction warfare between goats and sheep. MMO simulation so good, you'll think it's real. There are even elves and dwarves like in that movie. But so. does it come with two tickets to that thing you love? <laughs> Possibly. Yeah, when I first heard about this, I, I I thought that it was like a real MMO that they had somehow managed to just implement an entire MMO in in a matter of you know half of a year or whatever, which would be ridiculous. It wouldn't be very good, I don't think. If it was just a half of a year. Well, I mean, we can argue about whether Goat Simulator is any good or not, but. <laughs> well, I mean. That's the point. Is it, it? It doesn't care. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, they're releasing this free content, so ooh yeah. Mm-hmm. If you don't like it, ooh, like yeah. you know, it's not your problem. Mm-hmm. Now Walmart has some problems actually. They got scammed by a few people into selling them PS4s for ninety dollars. The way that these people did this was uh, so Walmart, you know, has has this price point. Uh, uh, matching guarantee, right? Where you know, if you if you yeah. bring in like a coupon from a different store, then they will match that price, you know, and and you can walk out of Walmart with it for really cheap. Well, they added certain online retailers, including Amazon. And on Amazon, if you have an Amazon account, you can just like make a marketplace listing for a product that for whatever price you want to sell it for, right? So because it, it's basically eBay, and yeah. Well, Walmart employees weren't really checking to see whether, you know, it was like the official Amazon listing or a marketplace listing or what. So people just made real looking $90 offerings of PS4s and then went to Walmart and bought them for that much money. That's. I ain't even mad. I'm kind of impressed. <laughs> And of course, now that not Walmart has figured out what's going on, they've you know made it clear in their policies that no, we will not you know uh, match marketplace listings. We'll only match the in-stock Amazon.com sold listings. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's probably the more intelligent thing to do, anyway. Right. And I, I don't think that their intention was ever to support the marketplace ones. It was just that they never explicitly like said no. Oh shoot! What was it that, that we always used to quote? Like something man say no, Cookie Co- Man. Cookie say Man. No. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> cookie Man. Oh man, I want some cookies now. You know, I mean, I I, I suppose I have. Chrome open, so I'll get a lot more cookies than I really want. But hey, that's the point. <clears throat> um, so, <laughs> oh, so speaking of, well, not really speaking of, but going back to Far Cry 4, which is what I'm going to be talking about a lot this episode, and I think mm-hmm. I'm going to be mentioning it that I'm going to be talking about a lot of it this episode every single time I talk about it. It's going to be great. <laughs> You're going to be tired of it. Oh, dude, I've got a few Far Cry 4 things to talk about as well. So beautiful. So we'll be talking about it even more on this episode. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, oh, that's right. So, amusingly enough, uh, there's been I've seen a few things floating around the internet about different ways that people have been or that developers have been screwing over people who pirate the games. Mm-hmm. Like in Serious Sam Three, um, in that first level, there would be a big red humanoid-looking crab that would chase you around and was indestructible, and it would just destroy you. <laughs> um. So, so what is Far Cry 4 doing? So what is Far Cry 4? You lack field of view controls. I hope that they made the default just awful for those people. I would certainly hope so, but the best part is is there was a bunch of people complaining about it, and then afterwards, Alex Hutchinson, who I think is one of the lead developers of the game, came out and mentioned, PC players, if you're online complaining about the lack of field of view control, you pirated the game. So everyone who was bitching about it basically said, Oops. <laughs> now, this week also, there was another company that took the opposite uh, stance on piracy. They went to the Pirate Bay and, you know, went to the listing of their game and just gave away 10 Steam keys for the for the game. Uh, this, this was actually uh, the developers behind This War of Mine, which I've been playing and enjoying. And, uh, you know, because they were like... We understand that there are some of you who would pirate this game even if we were charging you 10 cents, but there are others of you who didn't buy the game simply because you can't afford it right now, and, you know, we, 
we're you know we understand. So here's some free Steam keys, and if you want to support us, just like mention the game to your friends if you're enjoying it, and hopefully they'll buy it. And so they they're getting a lot of goodwill from people. Good. <laughs> I mean, PR stunts are always a good idea. Mm-hmm. Let's face it, and that's a good way of doing a good PR stunt. So so back to Far Cry 4. The creative director on Far Cry 4 has gotten approval to make a personal project, which is, like, really exciting news, because, of course, this is how we got Far Cry 3, Blood Dragon, and other little projects that Ubisoft has come out with over the last uh, couple of years. And I, I believe that he actually has most of his, like, most of the team that worked with him on a couple of previous games on board with this project as well. So should be interesting to see what they come up with. Oh, more Far Cry 4. <laughs> this is getting old. Um, <clears throat> so, as we kind of mentioned, the game has been rather glitchy. A little. Well, it's, it's Wait, been a little did we mention that? I don't know. Well, I mentioned talking about getting sucked into the game and stuck in the game. Right. I don't remember if that was on the fringe or during the show, though. Oh. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so the game has been fairly glitchy. Like, if you look at my screenshots, you'll notice several times that I've noticed the game is broken or found a way to break the game. Hmm. Um, by accident, kind of. Of course. But so a lot of these are all on accident and just due to, hey, the world is big, they can't get everything perfect right away. So they are, let's see, they are tackling it with, um, live updates in order to get these out. So the big things are like there's there's a black screen PC issue where when you hit the loading screen, you just get a black screen and you can't do anything. Um, in fact, I think one of our friends um, whose Steam name is Inanities, and that's, that's been, right? You know, people can change their Steam names at any time, so I lose track yeah. of who's who. Anyway, but I believe that that's... Him. Anyway, uh, he he was telling me that he was experiencing this problem too, and it's just mm. there's that. Let's see, there was um, let's see, uh, PlayStation Three issues. Um, oh, where it apparently deleted some of the Far Cry Three data, um, other things. I don't know. There was there there's just a lot of interesting glitches that are going on that they are tackling. Yeah, so and they have just... they have an entire website just dedicated to listing the problems and which ones are being fixed right now and Yeah. It's like a Trello board. A what? Never mind. So Valve has released uh, some updated rules and guidelines for developers who want to use the early access program because let's face it, there have been a lot of things that have were released on early access that probably shouldn't have been. Uh so, you know, they they have like the new rules detail things like you know, you, you can't charge more for a game here on Steam than you can, you know, other places when you release them early access and uh, nitpicky things like that. But then the, the guidelines are where the, I think, more important stuff is, for, such as if you're going to release a game on early access, you should probably make sure that you have enough funds to continue developing the game even if you can't don't sell very many early access copies. You know, yeah. little details like that. So hopefully that that ensures that we maybe not ensures but you know increases the percentage of actually reasonable games on early access. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. I don't think this game was the next game that we're going to talk about was on early access, but it's definitely an indie game. And man, does it look cool! It's called Particulars, and it's it's a lot of sort of arcade action in that. Um, it's not just, okay, think and then move, think and then move, think and then move. It's, okay, I have to constantly do both. And there's a bunch of puzzles, too, and you get to play with subatomic particles to solve some sort of mystery that's going on. Okay, my mind is blown already. So go check that out. It actually came out this past week. So it's available if you want to go get it. It's it's on sale for the next couple days um, for 20% off. So huh. go check it out if you want to play it. How did you discover this? Uh, PC gamer. Of course. <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. I might, I might check it out. So, according to the Codex in Dragon Age Inquisition, when you're playing a big RPG like Dragon Age or you know Mass Effect or whatever, you have to go and read through the entire Codex, right? I've, every single one of us does does it. Yeah, it's totally. not just me. I'm, I'm not crazy. 
right? You're crazy. Oh, you were supposed to affirm that I'm not... Okay, fine. So, anyway... I, I mean, mean, I'm not saying I'm not crazy either, but <laughs> <laughs> you're crazy. <laughs> so somebody has found uh, a little tidbit in the codex for Dragon Age Inquisition. Apparently, Plants vs. Zombies happened on the continent of Ferelden. It's canon. <laughs> Beautiful. Can we? Can we? Can I read that codex? Yes. Uh, there's only like it? the first paragraph is visible in the screenshot, but uh, yeah. You don't need more than that. In all the strange struggles that have raged across Pharrell. Oh, sorry. I should start out by saying the title: Plants versus Corpses. In all the strange struggles that have raged across Pharrell, one of the most particular or peculiar is the Battle of Popper's Cap. A powerful demon, bent on gaining power in the mortal world, raised an army of corpses to assault the home of Helianthus, a reclusive apostate who was said to possess both fabulous wealth and great knowledge. While the demon saw the perfect host in this bejeweled bookworm, Helianthus <laughs> was not without defenses of her own. As the corpses shuffled toward her house, Helianthus called to the demon, declaring that though she was just a simple apostate, the demon would see her power on, um, or would see her power on entire infantry. Then, calling upon her magic, she summoned spirits into the plants in, or sorry, she summoned spirits into the plants in her vegetable patch, creating countless tiny sylvans. The resulting garden warfare saw corpses armored with buckets and doors as makeshift helmets and shields battling, and that's where it cuts off. A tale for the ages. Tale for the ages. Gorgeous. Just gorgeous. And my favorite is I, I've seen people commenting online like, doesn't this infringe on PopCap's uh, uh, copyright? It's like, you guys, they're both EA. <laughs> Have you forgotten about the elephant in the room? <laughs> I prefer to write him. Yeah, you do. However, um, sadly... The people who are out in India apparently won't be able to experience Dragon Age Inquisition. Yeah. Um, so uh, EA is hesitant to release the game in India because of some obscenity laws that are out there, which make it illegal not necessarily to have the content, but rather to distribute it. So they don't want to get in legal trouble with, with the government of India. Mm. <laughs> that being said, uh, it's 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 a little weird that they're this hesitant when things like um, GTA Five is that are uh, there. yeah if that's available I mean you can't get much worse than that yeah but but one of the big issues is that um, there is the possibility of homosexual relationships in Dragon Age Inquisition and that itself might be enough to create the backlash. Mm. Um, On the other hand, I'm betting that it's not going to be too difficult to get past that limitation because I know that the game didn't release officially in the UK until Friday, but people were still playing it, you know, on Tuesday to Thursday in the UK because yes. they can get past those kinds of things. Yeah. Region locking is is like the one kind of DRM that I absolutely do not agree with. Yeah. At all. It's stupid. I mean, this one kind of makes sense, where it's we don't want to get into legal issues. Yeah. That's yeah. that's kind of the only reason why it's even okay, and even then, there's still a chance to fight through it, sort of like with South Park's Stick of Truth and the anal probe in the alien ship scene. Who is taking issue with that one? Australia. Uh, of course. I could have guessed. <laughs> it's always Australia. Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi. <laughs> Vegemite. Something or other. I don't know. <laughs> More. Can't, so, you can't pronounce the T crisply. It can't be Vegemite. It has to be Vegemite. Mm, right. And, you know, when we're not being incredibly racist, of course we're being incredibly sexist, right? Totally. Yeah, so Mattel decided that they needed to kind of rebrand Barbie. And uh, make you know make her more reasonable because people have taken issue for a very very long time with in particular her you know body shape and the way that it, it wouldn't possibly be supported by any human skeleton. So uh, you know they they came out with a book this week a, a picture book uh, you know showing Barbie as kind of a, a more normal kind of somebody who you would probably you know like live near and and you know see on a daily basis. And it was all well and good until you got to a page where, you know, Barbie was a, uh, a game developer. 
and they had a line in there that uh, was like, yeah, I love I love coming up with ideas for games, but I need Brian and Steve's help to make make it a reality. And people are like, "No. No, you can't say that." And so, uh of course, you know, they've they've kind of taken back all of the digital copies of the book. Uh but also, people have just taken screenshots of the of the computer-related pages and made them better by recaptioning them and making Barbie, you know, actually uh know what she's talking about. <laughs> In terms of computer computer science, it's my favorite meme of recent times. <laughs> Everything in it goes over my head. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Barbie's better than you at programming. Yes. Mm-hmm. We'll see if she can translate Latin or do music better than me, and then we'll see. But who knows? Maybe there's a different chapter about that. I haven't actually read the book. <laughs> Just down in the corner, as a side note. Oh yeah, and by the way, she plays. By the way, she's the best musician in the world, and the Pope turns to her for help with his Latin. <laughs> that would piss me off. That it's actually like, no, that would. It's like they knew what you were going to say already. I know, right? How do you know me? They're psychics. <clears throat> the psychics. And oh yes, so everyone's favorite company to hate, and at the same time love. Rito, Rito, please. Um. So Riot, the guys that make League of Legends, are having a revision on banning players in the excuse me in the competitive circuit. So they 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 wanted to do is they focused a lot more on reform uh, and the ability to essentially earn your way out of reform or out of being banned by being good. So it's it's saying um, that. They're trying to give people a second chance. Thank you. Words are hard. Uh, <laughs> Especially I mean, when they're in English and not in Latin. Yeah, I know, right? But so the it, it said that the the two players that had already been perma banned would not be allowed, allowed back in. would not be allowed back in, and because they neither case had successfully passed its review, so it gave both of them a chance right off the bat, and neither of them passed. Mm. Um, one of them was for they so they were in the EU West uh, competitive circuit. One of them was for being the most toxic player of his time. Let's see, there was there was something about like that's quite an honor. That's like you know EA getting worst uh, company in America two years in a row. Well, except EA isn't actually just mean and cruel. They don't necessarily make the best decisions when it comes to marketing stuff, but they're not throwing around. Uh, homophobic and racial slurs, and no, in, in fact, or, EA or, is quite good in terms of supporting gay rights and all that fun stuff. Yeah, no, the the one guy, all he had had four accounts, three of which had been banned. <laughs> the fourth one, he said, mm. "Fuck it, I'm gonna do it more." Um, <clears throat> and he was just so toxic that they kicked him off. I didn't think that that was possible, but this guy apparently. I, I never want to know him in real life. And then there was the other one <clears throat> was where a hacker openly admitted to doing DDoS attacks against um, against professional players. Yeah, that'll that get you in. a lot of favor in the community and with the developers. Yeah. Um, but so what it's focusing on is what what they're doing is um, they're having two different kinds of bands. So they have Long-term bans and perma-bans, essentially. Um, but all the bans are suspension subject to a periodic review. So every half of a season, essentially. Um, the longer-term bans, those accounts will be reviewed. And if you pass, then you can go back into competitive play. Um, however, the perma-ban accounts, you have to do the same thing, but you have to wait at least a full one full season before being able to go back into competitive play. I do not envy the person who has to review all of these accounts. That sounds like an awful job to have. Yeah. Like, let's look at all of the awful thing that these people say and do. Hmm. Do I uh, do I still think that they deserve not to play? Yes or no? Yeah. Well, let's see. Oh, that's right. So the the guy that was sorry, they they do have a link on the community website as to the suspensions of the the people who were said, oh, sorry, you still can't play because you're still being that much of a dumbass. So this, the guy that was, <clears throat> let's see, 
a multitude of violations in Abu Skar's gameplay history. Um, he previously has been permabanned on three additional accounts, and uh, one of the previous accounts established the highest harassment score ever recorded on the EU West server. No player before or after has matched this degree of negative behavior. In game chat, Abu, uh, Abu Sagar... I, I guess go it. big or go home, right? Yeah. But he has threatened to physically injure players, including a Riot employee. His previous accounts are replete with a very large number of racist and anti-Semitic insults. And Darkwing Jacks, which is the previous account, has reported or was reported more than 1,000 times during a 375-game period. So that's... Wow. That's almost like three people reporting him per game. Yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. So... As yeah, no, I never want to be. I never want to meet that guy. <laughs> now, the only thing that I can think of that's worse than being banned from your favorite game would be essentially being banned from the company that you work at. Yeah. So, so Double Fine had a deal uh, for an announced game fall through with whoever they were going to be publishing it with, and uh, unfortunately had to lay off 12 employees. And like, I read this and I was like, man, that really sucks. And then I realized that I've, I've, you know, over the course of however long we've been doing this show, we've come across so many other stories of like giant publishers restructuring and having to lay off like thousands of employees. And I haven't like given any of them a second thought. But for some reason, this one just like felt personal to me, partially because I'm a big Double Fine fan. Uh, but like, yeah, like it, it's only 12 people, but Double Fine is such a tiny company. That's a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, it, that's sort of what happens when you have <laughs> a deal fall through. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that they'll make what the game was public and see if there's another... I don't think so, because if they were going to make it public, then they would have already done that. True. I don't know, I just... I, I guess I'm hoping that I can that they can find a way to... Bring it to, to reality. Bring it back. Yeah. Maybe bring they it should get reality. Brian and Stephen to help. <laughs> <laughs> They'll help with anything. And hopefully Brian doesn't bring his stupid CD-ROMs with to, you know, distribute code on. Sheesh, Brian. Get with the times. He'll bring his floppy disks instead. He's too windy for CDs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One final thing. Um, because, hey, let's end it on a, on a nice happy note. Yeah, I like happy notes. Would so that be yogs. like, I don't know, an F sharp or give me a happy note? I'm trying to make music jokes here, and I and I don't know what I'm doing. Because I'm happy that long. <laughs> if you feel like that's what you wanna do. Oh, that makes me sad now. Okay, uh, we'll talk later. Why? <laughs> okay. Um, but so Yogg's Cast Jingle Jam. So Yogg's Cast has unveiled the 2014 Jingle Jam Charity Drive, where essentially they'll sit around, play video games for a long time, and um, they are supporting five different causes. I'm not sure exactly what those are off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, so they'll appear on Twitch every night throughout December playing games, taking on challenges, and just generally having all sorts of fun. And then the fans who go and watch them, you can donate money. So that's what this whole thing is to do, is to get the fans to donate money. $5 will give you a special TF2 item. And $25 will get a bundle of games through Humble Bundle. Is this a TF2 item that is only available through this event? I'm not sure. I'm, it doesn't say which item it is. Because hmm. hmm. now I'm thinking, like, would it, no, it probably wouldn't be possible to turn around and sell that for more on the Steam market. No, it's that, probably... That'd be ridiculous. I like that. Chat rules. Please read. No swearing. No racism. No sexism. Don't spam. Don't be rude. Don't post links. No colored text. Have fun and enjoy the stream. I mean, so there... That seems like uh, common sense. Yeah. Either way, they're just—they seem to be happy-go-lucky people, and they're doing a, a good thing. And they, I mean, they did it last year too, and they raised 1.1 million dollars with that. So here's hoping that they can raise even more. Mm-hmm. So that's it for news. Time to move on to uh, some reviews because we've actually been playing games this week. What a revelation! <laughs> or is it revolution? Mm -hmm. Wait, I think I'm getting my words mixed up again. <laughs> Dictionary, help me. I told you language is hard. <laughs> it is sometimes, yeah. So I played uh, I played some Two Dots, 
because Two Dots suddenly appeared on Android. It's been out on iOS for, well, at least since this summer, because I know that Goldfish was bugging me to play it, and I'm like, I can't. Sorry. Uh, but So Two Dots, you've played Dots before, right, Ian? Of course. Of course. Uh, yeah, I'm addicted. Yes, I, bastard. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh, I'm really, really sorry, because now I'll, I'll tell you why you shouldn't be playing it. <laughs> so Two Dots basically takes the, the same core mechanic as dots had you know you're you're connecting these dots that are on a grid of the same color to clear those those dots and if you make a square then it clears every single dot that is that color that's on the grid uh and in in the original you know you were just trying to it, it was a you know randomly generated grid of dots but other than that it, it was just a grid right and whenever you cleared dots more would fall from from above and they were random colors and you were just trying to get a high score well, Two Dots takes the dot clearing and puts it into a puzzle game, kind of like kind of like Candy Crush, uh, where you know each of each of the levels is going to be the same each time that you play the level. Uh, I think the the color of the dots that you know that appear might be different, but the goals are always going to be the same. So they have several different like chapters, and each chapter introduces a different type of goal. So, like, in the C chapter, you have to drop these anchor uh, dots down to the bottom of the screen. So you have to clear, you know, everything that's underneath them so that they eventually fall down to the bottom. In um, the Navy. <laughs> then, like, in the in the snow uh, chapter, you have to break these these ice blocks that are uh, on the on the map. Uh, and, you, you know, you break them by clearing dots that are underneath them. Uh, and in the desert one, you have some like flames, flame dots that will spread if you don't extinguish them by clearing dots next to them, stuff like that. So, uh, and and as you progress, you know, each chapter they'll introduce the new mechanic, the new goal, and then later on they will start combining them. So, you know, uh, eventually you'll you'll get ones where you have to drop anchors while also fighting fire, or you know, uh, break ice while fighting fire and it, it's really really interesting uh and i and i it, it's really like it's a cute game you know i can't i can't really fault it uh from a gameplay perspective and they you know they let you compare your scores uh on each level and how far you've gotten in the game with other with other friends thankfully they use facebook instead of like either you know the the um whatever apple's game center is called Actually, it might be called Game Center and uh, and um, Google Play Games because there's I don't have any Android friends who played the game, so I'm just comparing myself to iOS friends. I think at this point, uh, <laughs> but unfortunately, everything about the game is basically nullified by the fact that it is a pay-to-win puzzle game, which Actually. is just absurd. Because yeah, so it's it's free, and the only way that they will ever make money on this game is by one you have a certain number of lives. And every time that you fail a level, you lose, you know, a life. And then those lives regenerate, like, once every 20 minutes or something like that for a maximum of five. So if you get to zero and you want to keep trying on this level, you can buy another life. Yay. If you fail at a level, it will offer you, uh, you know, buy five more turns and, 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 like, a little item that will help you to finish this level. So, like, if you're, if you're, uh, on a desert level with a bunch of fire, it'll be like, pay a dollar to get five more turns and a, a fire extinguisher that will get rid of all of the fire on the board. And it's like, this is stupid. Because the whole point of a puzzle game is for me to complete it through skill and through, like, understanding the puzzle mechanics. And if you're offering me to beat this game by paying, the game no longer matters, you know? And and so com- comparing my progress to my friends now is meaningless as well because I can tell you that I certainly haven't been paying them money to get further in the game. I've been doing it entirely by skill, but I can't guarantee that anybody else has been doing that. So I just, I don't know, and, and comparing myself to everybody else is meaningless now. So, yeah, it's... Mm. It makes me so mad, and every every time that I that I went back to play more of the game, I just hated myself more and more because I I knew what kind of trap they were setting for me, and I was like, I'm not going to fall into it, but I don't want anybody else to fall into it either. And then that also made me realize that the original dots is pretty much pay to win as well, because if you want to be like really competitive against your friends, 
you have to use power-ups. And at the beginning, when you first start playing the game, it's not too difficult to get these power-ups by, you know, getting more achievements and stuff. And But once you've, like, gotten all of the achievements that there are to get, it takes a long, long time to get those power-ups just through gameplay. So you have to pay money if you want to have power-ups in order to beat your friends. So I'm not going to be playing either of these games ever again because I, I fundamentally don't agree with the way that they are approaching the monetization. Yeah, no, which that... is unfortunate because they are quality games. Yeah, no, that's 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 frustrating. I mean, a pay-to-win puzzle game itself, just by itself, is just like <laughs> what? It's a contradiction of terms. Like, <laughs> I'm supposed to suffer through this so that it's that much more <laughs> satisfying. Damn it! Imagine if you know you were playing uh, Sigils of Elohim, and you know you could you could pay to get like uh, you know half of the, the things placed on the board for you where they're supposed to go. Like, that would just be stupid. Screw that. Especially with the number of puzzles that there are, that'd be a bad idea. Yeah. Oh, God. Ugh. So I think we can all guess what you've been playing this week. Oh, yeah. Dragon Age Inquisition. Oh, yeah. Uh, no. Uh, Far Cry 4. Which, as I said, I've logged 22 hours into it now, according to Steam. Holy cow. <laughs> this is why I don't read books. Or play many games like this because they just kind of suck me in and then I get stuck. You're saying but that like it's a bad thing. It is in the sense of when I need to get things done, things don't get done. <laughs> I mean, senior slide is a thing as is and this isn't helping. <laughs> That's true. Um, so Far Cry 4, let's see. It's, I mean, in, in many ways it's another Far Cry game. Um where it, the map basics are the same where... Well, no, actually, the map basics are a little bit changed up on this one. Um, but so what you usually have is you have the area where the game is built in, and then you have um, radio towers that you go up and climb, and those reveal areas of the map. And then there are outposts which you can go and conquer, which give you... Um, uh, bases to go to, so places to go and buy supplies as well as to fast travel to. So greater mobility throughout the map. Um, so all in all, I mean, it's been it's been a lot of fun. If you like Far Cry, or the Far Cry series in general, I think you'll enjoy this game. Um, and even if, if, if you haven't tried it yet or are apprehensive about it, let me explain a few things to you. One, you get to ride elephants. Two, you get to ride elephants into things and bash people with elephants. Um, I mean, what more could you want than that? <laughs> um, well, I see. want goats to fight. You want goats to fight. Uh, they should be available uh, in the Far Cry 4 uh, map editor. Yes, yes, yes. So they do have a map editor. They have it as a co-op campaign, which I don't think they had in Far Cry 3. Hmm. Um, so you can go through with a friend and go and blow up everything and do everything um, Do I mean, as co-op stuff. And I mean... It's not necessary. The big, the biggest draw for co-op stuff that it's is that it's supposed. Or okay, throughout the map there are four fortresses which you have to go and conquer. Okay. And it is significantly easier when you have a co-op partner to do it. Apparently, that being said, that's not always the case because I have been having a lot of fun um, with the stealth mechanic. My my current loadout is all-around stealth, where I have some long-range stuff. You know, I remember you saying something about your sidearm being a grenade launcher, and that doesn't strike me as being very stealthy. No, that's for when hits the fan. <laughs> or if I need to go and blow up one of the cars that's driving by. As one so, is wont to do. As one is wont to do. And, I mean, it's always fun <laughs> to just blow things up, too. Don't get me wrong. Um, and it does hit the fan more often than I'd like to admit, but... I, I am proud to say that I have conquered two the the two fortresses that I've done so far without being detected. Um, and of course, as I said, they're bigger and there's a heck of a lot more enemies, and so they're supposed to be significantly more difficult. Um, so that's one little difference is that uh, you can do that. Uh, biggest vehicle changes: you now have essentially a little helicopter that you can drive around. You can find these things scattered throughout the map, but you also find your, your parents' homestead because the, the story of the game is that you are there to scatter your mother's ashes. 
but your parents were founding members of the rebel group that is fighting against um, the king of the country. Who is a classy guy. Who is a classy guy. Um, and he's the main not guy off his game. rocker at all. No. Unfortunately, he's not as good as a bad guy as Voss was. Okay. He's still a good bad guy, but he's not Voss. And I miss Voss. Um, That's a really weird thing to say. That is a really weird thing to say. But there are some characters that are recurring. One of them we knew about because he was being talked about in um, uh, in some of the previews where you get this guy by the name of Herc, who is the gung-ho American that runs around with monkeys and has monkeys run around with explosive tape to him in various areas. Um, and then Peter there's would another... love this. Peter? Peter. Peter. Oh, yeah. I know, right? And then there's also... Um, I don't remember his name, but he's a CIA agent, and he he's there checking things out, working on various assignments and whatnot. Um, he was in the last Far Cry Three as well, hmm. uh, helping out Gius and Brody. Um, and uh, let's see. Okay, I need sorry. I need to make this more concise. Good things about the game. Graphically, it is absolutely stunning. It feels like there are more guns and more options to go and do whatever you want in the game. Um, the premise as to why you are on the island is, or not on the island, up in Kirat, up in the Himalayas, is is a little bit more noble feeling and a little bit more... Then we're just a bunch of college students going to an island for vacation. Yeah. Or whatever. And getting captured. Yeah. Which makes sense. No big um, deal. No big deal. And let's see. Um, oh, Story-wise, in this one, you actually have choices that you get to make. Um, and each time, the choices are actually fairly hard because they're both really good options, and you're, you're, you're essentially getting stuck in the middle of the politics of the rebel group that you're fighting with. Um, best one so far was the very first choice that you make, and I, I don't feel bad telling you guys this one just because it is the very first one that you encounter. And in that one you have to decide between, or you've been given word that um, Pagan Min, who is the main bad guy, his army is going and attacking two outposts. One of the outposts has, or or no, sorry, there was, there was a bunch of people that disappeared at one, and then he's going to be attacking a different outpost. Your choices are to go to the outpost that he's going to be attacking and go and protect the men there, or go to the place where he's already possibly attacked and get the intel that these guys had been protecting, that they had snagged and had been protecting. Mm. Um, and either way, it's like, oh, crap, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do because the intel could be something really important, like, hey, does he have, like, a super, big super weapon? Or do we know now where he's going to strike for the next few times? He's actually building a Death Star. He's, he's building surprise, a Death surprise. Star. Surprise, surprise. Surprise. <laughs> versus do I say do I do the good that I know that I can do right now or do I take a gamble on what I don't know mm. um do you want me to tell what I did and what happened or no um you can tell what you did but I'd rather not hear what happened because I, if I make the decision I want to make this decision you know on my own okay okay I I ended up choosing to gamble and go for the Intel okay hmm just something a little bit different from what I would normally do because it's there's people here who I can immediately save, but if there's important intel that people died trying Many to Many Bothans died. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? <laughs> Many Bothans died to bring us this information. Star Wars, episode six, man. It's been a while. <laughs> Are we going to have to have a marathon when I get back? Maybe. Okay, bad things about the game. Um, let's see, it's still fairly glitchy. Which we did talk about a bit, but that'll that'll get sorted out with time. Um, and it sounds like it's not nearly as bad as Unity. No, not at all. Um, let's see. Uh, the bad guy is not quite as bad or as intriguing. So the characters aren't quite as intriguing. Um, although the storyline is in general more engaging. Um, let's see. There were a few other things that I had, but I'm, they're not coming to mind right now. All in all, it's been a fantastic game so far, and well worth the time that I've put into it, as well as the money that I spent on it. So, 
considering Which, that I'm halfway, I'm I only am. halfway through. I assume that that's a a full sixty dollars. Yeah. Okay. But currently, it's at three dollars an hour and and decreasing. Right. Yeah. So a lot of content, a lot of things to go over, a lot of fun to be had, a lot of things to blow up. All the things. I know my review wasn't that insightful, so you'll just have to go and play it for yourself. Well, I think, I mean, you went over all of the things that I was going to ask you about, so I guess, oh, one thing. Yes. How awesome is the wingsuit? How awesome is the wingsuit? It's really nice having it right away, as opposed to Far Cry 3 where you didn't get it till later on. So now I can just, if I'm getting chased by a rhino, which will keep up with me and keep knocking me down and eventually kill me fairly quickly because rhinos are terrifying. Um, <clears throat> you just hop off of a ledge and... And go like, nope! Wee! You can't do this. Yeah. So it's really nice to have. That being said, um, I've still gotten hurt because if you crash, it's an almost insta-death. <laughs> um, which I makes w- sense because face first into something doesn't break necks or anything. Nah. I, I mean, we have absolutely no experience with breaking bones at high velocity. Nah. Well, going down hills. Yeah. So if uh, you remember that that period of time right around when uh, Tomb Raider came out, when it seemed like everybody was including like a, a bow and arrow as a stealth option, you know? Yeah. Maybe the is the wingsuit, uh, you know, the big thing, the big new new toy to play with this year because we've got uh, we've got uh, what's it called? Just Cause Three is coming out next year sometime, and and they've got uh, a wingsuit in that one for the first time. And, Maybe, but it's probably piggybacking off of Far Cry 3, which, as I said, had the wingsuit in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there was nobody else around that time with the wingsuit, so... Yeah. This is this is when they be, get big. Yeah. Oh, and bows are still a thing. You now have two kinds of bows. You have a hunting bow, and then you have a recurve bow. Mm. Then you also have an auto-crossbow, which you can have as a side weapon. Auto-crossbow? It's another silent killer, so it's, it's, it's a semi-automatic one-shot per... Um, one shot per trigger pull, huh. but it's it's stealth. So the game is giving you a lot more options as to whether or not you want to just go stealth or Leroy Jenkins Because as you said, my 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 style with the uh, grenade launcher isn't very stealthy, and that's true, it's not. But that's because I wasn't going for stealthy with it. So you want to know who was stealthy? Those ET cartridges that got buried somewhere in the desert and weren't uncovered until this year. And uh, so, yeah, this this is one of those, like, urban legends that you hear about that, you know, nobody was really quite sure if it was real up until, I think it was last year when, when uh, you know, some filmmaker suddenly was like, hey, I'm going to make a documentary about digging up these cartridges. We know where they are. We're going to go and find them. And, you know, we and everybody else were like, oh, well, really? Well, that's uh, pretty cool, I guess. And uh, the the documentary finally came out this week. Actually, it's it's uh, available for free, yay, uh, on Xbox Video. So you have to go and have a, a Microsoft account, but you know that's not difficult to do. That's for free as well. For free. Um, I watched it actually earlier today. I quite enjoyed it, but you know I'm a sucker for documentaries. I definitely appreciated the way that it focused on you know the the human stories behind the creation of the E.T. game and kind of had had much more positive outlook on the whole situation than it could have. So, um, I, you know, I don't like excessive negativity and this this uh, movie had a lot of positivity, which was appreciated. Mm-hmm. And he found them? Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, we already knew that because they're being yeah. sold on eBay and everything. Oh, yeah. Remember, we, we've talked about this on the show before. That's right, <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, so I, I think, you know, that I, I really, really liked the interviews that they had with the designer who made the game and, you know, talking about, like, the culture of Atari back at the time and, you know, how how the company kind of got to the, the position that they were in when they decided to make the E.T. game in five weeks. And uh, turns out that was a mistake. Hmm. Oopsies. Um, and... Like, it, it was really, really awesome seeing all of the footage of the people, just normal people who decided to go to this dump on the day of the dig because they wanted to see this piece of history, you know, getting dug up. And, hmm. and like, I suddenly was like, man, I wish I had been there. Especially <laughs> especially when they showed this one guy 
who, uh, he's an author, and when he heard about it, he was like, oh, yeah, I should make like a road trip go down and, and go down there. Oh, actually, wait a minute, this is going to be perfect because George R. R. Martin is, is borrowing my DeLorean and he's in Santa Fe, so I can just go to Santa Fe and take my DeLorean and, you know, stick an E.T. statue in the, uh, in the seat next to me, drive down, stop at Roswell on the way there and, uh, and you know, go to this dig. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that is the coolest, coolest road trip I've ever heard of. Go in a DeLorean. <laughs> <laughs> to Roswell and to the E.T. cartridge dig-up. Well, why didn't he take George R.R. R. Martin with him, then, if George R.R. R. Martin was borrowing the car? Ah, he was probably busy or whatever. <sighs> Maybe, I suppose. Fine. Yeah. It's not like he's got any, you know, books to write right now or anything. No. George R.R. R. Martin, please finish. Five is enough. We need to know. Five is enough. No. I haven't even finished with all five, but I know that I it's going to be like waiting for Half-Life 3 once I do. Five is enough. I'm, I'm getting old and too tired for this shit. Five is enough. So we got some uh, new releases this week, obviously. What, what was one of them, Ian? Far Cry 4. Pokemon Just Omega the... Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Oh, that yeah, that too. <laughs> I was I was I was going for Far Cry 4 because that's the one that we've been bringing up pretty much all episode. That's that's exactly what this episode is. It's the Far Cry 4 episode. The Far Cry 4 episode. Uh, of course, also Dragon Age Inquisition came out. Uh, so that's another big one. And then slightly smaller was Never Alone. That's a uh, a game by a uh, so the the company that that created this and you know published and everything is the first video game company owned entirely by a Native American tribe. And the game is entirely about their tribe, which is really cool. And I'm looking forward to playing it, uh, though I've read that it is best done co-op, and it'll only let you do co-op if you have controllers. So I'm going to wait and play it once I get back. I'll find a controller. Well, I'm, I'm asking for a couple of controllers for Christmas, so Perfect. I'll, I'll get them. Dibs being your buddy. Uh, I was already thinking about using Sonya. Oh. So I'm actually going to have access to her throughout the, you know, semester. Access to her. <laughs> exactly. You are all, you humans, you're just my playthings. Okay, yeah, I can understand that one. And then, obviously, Atari Game Over. Already talked about that one. That came out. Mm-hmm. Now, next week, uh, I will definitely have a review of Monument Valley Forgotten Shores, that lovely expansion that should be coming out on uh, on Monday to Android. Actually, I found out that it's already out on Android, but it's it, exclusively out through the Amazon App Store for the first like weekend of, uh, of its availability. And if I had read the news article telling me about this, like two hours before I read it, I could have gone and gotten the game for free through the Amazon App Store oh. and then bought the expansion. But I didn't, and so I decided, no, I think I'm just going to wait until it, it comes out on Google Play. Oh, wow. So close and yet so far away. Oh, yeah, that's it. That's the thing that I forgot about Far Cry 4 that I really enjoyed. So far Is away? It, no, they, they had different um, references and fun references. Um, so one of the, the – there's been two that I've really noticed so far. Um, actually, there was a third one that I remember that – oh, that's a reference to something, but I didn't remember what it was. Um, so the first one is um, you or so in the game you have to go and hunt animals and collect their skins in order to craft things. Yep. More surprised that Peter isn't jumping on this. Um, but so for I believe it's for your no not your wallet. But one of the animals that you have to go and hunt is or that you have to go and hunt and deal with in the game is a honey badger. Oh boy. And so when you're doing the the special quest where you're hunting this the special honey badger um you like hold it it has you hold down the button to activate this quest a few times before it actually lets you go on the quest and it's like are you mad bro um you're so totally mad and then the big old honey badger don't care sort of thing um you know i don't think that honey badgers live in the himalayas maybe i i'm pretty sure that they live in africa oh fine i think <laughs> <laughs> the Himalayan honey badger. <laughs> it has a it's nice ring to it, at least. Yes. Um, and, of course, you have to go and hunt these animals with a specific weapon. If you do damage with the wrong kind of weapon, then the kill doesn't count, and you have to redo it. Lame. And the one for the honey badger was a light machine gun. Is and it still took me a while. What? 
Is that is that what the reference is? Is the light machine gun? No, the reference was the um, Honey Badger Don't Care. Oh, okay, okay. And then just how freaking badass this Honey Badger was. Because you approach the place where he's at, and there's just animal carcasses of things that are a heck of a lot bigger than the Honey Badger, just scattered everywhere. It's just like, oh, God. <laughs> and as I said, you have a light, you, you, you're given a light machine gun to take this thing out with. So you have to... I'm guessing that's not very powerful? No, it's very powerful. Oh, okay. It's what the heavy guys use. Um, and it still takes a bit to take him out, and he actually almost one-shots you in the process. Uh, that's awesome. And then there was another thing um, uh, where you, you deal with a couple of druggies who are camped out in your home and who like to play tricks on you by injecting you with needles full of things. Um, yeah, because what are friends for? I know, right? Um, and one of the things that you get is um, essentially the, the hunter's syringe, which lets you see where all the animals are nearby, but it's it's super trippy and all the different colors and zen music, sitar music. Um, and he talks about how it goes to your head and you can see things everywhere. Um, and he calls it like the Oculus Vision. <laughs> but you'll need an extra headpiece to see it all. Nice. Now, that's making me wonder if they actually support the Oculus Rift out of the box. Yeah. Because if they don't, then I mean, that's a, a poor joke, I think. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. So it's it's another game with a good sense of humor. From the guys that made Blood Dragon, though, I wouldn't expect anything else. I hope they make a sequel to Blood Dragon. They're not. They've already said no. Well, then I hope they make something equally as silly. Yes. As Blood Dragon. That That is a reasonable thing to ask for, I think. Because Far Cry 4 is gorgeous. So my computer runs at at its high setting. Above that, there's very high Ultra and NVIDIA. Wow, that's branding right there. <laughs> Just a little bit. Oh, man. But it's beyond pretty, but it, it can take computers that are beyond, far beyond mine. Which is kind setting. of ridiculous, because, like, in terms of what percentage of, you know, the you, you are in a very high percentile of computer hardware yeah. for consumers. Yeah. So yeah. Also next week we're hoping to have uh, a review of Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire from Savannah if she's played enough of it and is available. Uh, and then uh, possibly, probably, I don't see you having a Dragon Age Inquisition review ready by that time because that's a long, long, long game. I don't have to finish the game. Right, but you haven't even finished with Far Cry 4 yet. So if you if you finish. Far Cry 4, in about the same time that you got halfway through it, you'll have like two days before the next episode that's to true. play Dragon Age. So, so that's 48 hours right there. Okay. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, God. Maybe 40 hours, because I need four hours of sleep a night. Don't, don't kill yourself. <laughs> I don't think my family would let me just stay and play video games that much. Mm. Oh, yeah, right, because Thanksgiving's coming up. I keep forgetting. So that's why I'm thinking I'll have a little bit more time. Hmm. Unless you don't. Who knows? Unless I don't. Sometimes vacations work out very differently from the way that you want them to. Yeah. Like, oh, you actually have to interact with people instead of just goofing off. Sigh. Mm. Yeah, I know, right? So, thanks for listening, everybody. This has been 8-Bit. I'm Ian Buck. And I'm Ian Decker. Signing off. Chuckle. kind of performance is there i mean he could have been working at a strip club i don't know <laughs> all right give me a sec oh see now he's gonna get ready for that <laughs> yeah see there you go after class barbie meets with steven and brian in the library i think functional programming is awesome says barbie i don't know says brian what the hell is a monad again a monad is just a monoid in the category of endofunctors. What's the problem? replies Barbie. Is that a mini disc in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? Can we talk about how much the uh, battery saving feature sucks? I want to be happy with Lollipop.
don't. Or I want to. Or I want to be mad with Lollipop. Don't be too. I don't want to be in between. Don't be too mad. Be in between. I I this can't is, handle this. Hey, I need hey, to know if I hey. like something or not, Ryan. Don't be the same. Be different. <laughs> or what was it? Be, be together, not the same. Or yeah, something, something like that. I don't remember. But, yeah. It's been three weeks since they even tried promoting that. Ian, you're asking for a three hundred dollar watch. I'm like, yep. I have expensive tastes. But how am I supposed to? I only have one account. What do you make another about? account? No. Yeah. I don't want to. So I guess uh, I guess we can make uh, the fringes for the eight bit into basically what at the Nexus would have been this week. You know? Yeah, like, basically. <laughs> talk, that's, that's talking about. That's what I'm gonna label it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man.